0: it's not just a child it's god it's mary it's humanity it's everything and so first a shout out to blessed mother for number one just being the first disciple her yes was the game changer her yes changed the game in so many ways so just the courage right the courage that she had to say yes which we're all called to do the first disciple carrying you know saying again hail mary full of grace lord is with thee blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus so again right another reminder to us of how important her role is so to overlook disregard whatever you may be willing just not give the same time and attention to the blessed mother It's still beyond me right and again i know everyone's gonna have it's gonna feel some type of way but i will say this when i think about the connections that jay and silo made i look at it as right now if the devil was trying to work on jesus and the whole world and humanity back then and revelations right key word their root word reveal well let's look at our world today Nothing's changed. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another Project Whetstone Podcast brought to you by Blaze Ministry 707. Yo, y'all, let's just be straight up. We missed you these last couple weeks. We just wanna thank you for again being patient with us as you know life is just gonna hit you the way it hits you and I don't know where you're at as you're listening to this podcast and I don't know what you've been through these past couple weeks but we hope that you have been continuing to pray for us because we are always praying for each and every one of you yes just lots of different things going on and as always join with me I'm bro rye and as always join with me by brother jeremy mallet and brother carlo terrell what is going on brothers
1: hello hello konichiwa
0: (laughs) konichiwa yeah y'all so so yeah so it's been two weeks since we recorded a podcast and and again i know myself going through the different transitions out here in south carolina trying to figure out right the year of saint joseph how fitting is it that in the year of saint joseph all three of us are trying to figure out our house situations Uh, myself again as our Saga continues. We, we purchased a home. Well, we came out in South Carolina in December. That house did not fall or that house did not come through. So it fell through. My wife and I ended up uh, purchasing a new build because everything we tried to bid on, we got outbid. And so here we are. January is when we signed a contract. And here we are in a sep- coming into September. Right, we're in August now, but we're going to be coming into September, and the house isn't scheduled to be done until mid-October. So mm-hmm. 10 and a half months um, mm-hmm. from ground zero, from start to finish, which is not, was not the projected time. So, yeah, so just a lot of different things going there. And Brother Jeremy uh, got some is, is in Texas, for those of you, again, if you're joining us for the first time, and he also has some – transitions in finding a home as well for him and his family and brother silo as well from fresno moving back to northern california and transitioning in that way um and i just brothers i don't know about y'all but i just see number one like how fitting it is during this year of saint joseph but like brother carlos said earlier we're all going through this kind of at the same time so (laughs) we're we're um experiencing you know again the same type of transitions, obviously, it's, it has its own unique characteristics to it. But we are are connected and we've been connected for so many weeks. So I love how all of our stories are unfolding. So, Brother CeeLo, what say you, brother?
1: Packing is not fun, is what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited, though. I'm excited to to move back, be closer to family excited for the next chapter excited for the opportunities my boys will be able to to try to you know participate in um excited for my wife who's about to start you know her her career you know finally done with training after so many years of you know training to become a physician and you know so all excitement but still a packing is still not fun
0: Oh man, I <laughs> I remember a couple years back when Danielle and I bought our house in Vacaville, we were like, this is it, because we were on a third story apartment back in Vacaville, you remember that, CeeLo, and we were like, I remember this carrying
1: is, the boxes up those stairs, that's yeah. what I'm saying, bro, you and bro
0: <laughs> Roland, shout out to you and brother Roland, man, for breaking y'all backs that day, moving it up, and then I remember we moved, we were like, this is it, Danielle and were like, we're done, and where am I right now as we're recording this podcast, third story apartment. <laughs> South Carolina <laughs> telling Danielle the same thing. After this, babe, we're done. But how do you make God laugh? You just tell him your plan. So Brother Jay, what's it like over there in the Midwest?
2: Well, it's not ten months, but we're definitely like a month a month more than we we're really planning, and it's definitely definitely costing a pretty penny, but um but we're moving along slowly but surely. <laughs> And uh, we should be, you know, if, if everything goes according to plan, which, you know, up to now it really has, hasn't really, but not, well, at least not my plan anyway. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, we should be moving by the end of the month. But uh, we'll see.
0: All right. All right. Yeah. And, and again, right. So outside of even just the transitions, right. So, again, another connection that we all kind of have. So. Bro CeeLo is in a little predicament timing-wise with the boys starting school in a new school district. Bro Jay, when do you start school?
2: I think first day of classes is um, also this same as the projected closing date, which is the
0: 23rd. See, so then you are, right, so, okay, see, this is it, right? This is, yeah. the, this is the guide connection right here. Here's a guide connection right here. So the 23rd is your projected closing date slash first day of school. And mm-hmm. we are out of this apartment. Okay. So again, this is going to be August 25th, 26th is like technically the last day. Um, but we're going to get out a couple days early. So again, from August, end of August until october 15th we're gonna have to figure out you know what the next step is but that week as well just like you bro jay i start franciscan (laughs) so uh, we both start in the same week and you know again not knowing kind of up in the air on our whereabouts and even with bro silo with the kids starting is he in fresno is he gonna be in woodland right so just all these different things happening um to each other but this is why we got the brotherhood so so if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're going through your go through find some solid solid holy friends holy brothers and holy sisters and just spend time with them and just realize like what I realized was with us the more we've been like doing this bible study and breaking bread and get into these readings I'm feeling like man we all are kind of experiencing a lot of similar things uh that is helping us actually get through and honestly I feel like the time is just flying with y'all so so it's always uh nice to to be with y'all and just you know for you listening right now we like checked in for an hour before recording the podcast because that's how much we missed each other so <laughs> so yeah y'all we're we're glad to to be back we're glad to be back and um any any other thoughts bro Jay, bro silo before we before we jump into this
1: it's just the spice of life that's what this is this is what makes living fun you know like if if you played a board game and you never had the opportunity to lose it wouldn't be fun you know no one likes winning all the time maybe well i don't know but
0: (laughs) (laughs) no i feel you i agree with that a hundred percent a hundred percent
2: i was actually gonna bring in a board game analogy too, just talk about chess god's moving us into position and you know, like uh, the movie Independence Day, you ever see that? Yeah. You, you, you um, When the time is right, you strike. <laughs>
0: so, mm. check, checkmate. Checkmate. <laughs> it's crazy you say that, too, uh, the word position, because I was telling Brocilo a while back, um, if I were to, like, have a book or something, like, one of the titles or chapters or I guess even the cover, like, I was thinking about the word reposition, right? Because I think everything we do, we're always jockeying for a new position. But the question is, like, how are we... Repositioning ourselves Are we repositioning ourselves In the direction That leads us to God Or not So Love that brother Yes So With that y'all We Again We always continue To keep all of our listeners in our prayers and we continue to ask for yours as well. As we know, we're in this together. We're definitely in this together. But for this episode, y'all, this episode is definitely a special one because we are celebrating, yes, the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yes, of our Blessed Virgin Mary. So uh, as always, we're going to start today with the themes of today's reading. So I'm going to go ahead and shoot it over to Brother Jay to share with us the themes for today's readings.
2: So today, Sunday, the August, uh, 15th of August is the solemnity of the assumption. And it's, it's a holy day of obligation, whether it's on a Sunday or not. And, uh, it's because it's one of the, uh, most important Marian feasts of, of the, of the year. And, um, and so, the readings will all uh point to this teaching about Mary, which uh which is the assumption Mary was assumed into heaven, body and soul. It's one of the Marian, one of the four Marian dogmas of the church. And um, you know, it's it's a corollary to her purity, her you know, her being immaculately conceived, and um you know uh the wages of sin is death, as Paul tells us. But you know what? Um, what about someone who has not sinned, and that's Mary. You know, and that's why um, the church teaches us about Mary uh, and why we celebrate it because it's important for us to know this about Mary and to celebrate it uh, as uh, a great um, masterpiece of of God's plan. And um, and what uh, this day is is about is like we praise God for this work that he has done in Mary, but also um, it's a, it's showing us a reflection of what is what we're destined for through grace. You know, if we choose the path of Christ, you know, um, what is waiting for us, you know, is that, uh, is to be made like Mary um, in heaven um, without, uh, without blemish, um, immortal in heaven, you know, and, um, So really important uh, feast day for the church.
0: Yeah, I love that too, Jay. I loved how you, you know, you were talking about how we, we study her, we celebrate her. And I know many of our Protestant brothers and sisters out there will say, you know, we worship Mary. There's always that big misconception. And I love how even towards the end of what you were sharing, you were talking about how we praise God. For the life of Mary, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's something that I love. What you just you know what you just said there, and the the words that you chose, and how we celebrate her, we study her, we honor her, which is not the same as worship. And I'm you know again, this is a whole nother topic. And I mean, it's all over. There's a bunch of YouTube videos and articles on you know the difference in in the Catholic Church. Like we do not worship Mary, but I think it's really important to study her life and who she was just like we do many people in the Bible. And I feel like it's something that is missing. We always are praying to bring our brothers and sisters into the fullness of the faith. And I feel like having this context and having this study and having this example, the first disciple, is really important. So again, I loved how you just were were prefacing that. Um, because again, there's a big misconception that Catholics are always worshiping Mary, which is far from the truth. So, so yeah, definitely, um, great to me. I'm like, I'm feeling, feeling the love on this, this, uh, So, and so we're going to go ahead and start off with today's first reading, which comes from the book of revelation chapter 11, verse 19, a chapter 12, verse one through six, a and verse 10. Yeah. So breaking
2: the usual character of, of Sunday readings, um, where instead of reading from the Old Testament, we're actually reading from the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible. And so the, the last book, the book of Revelation, was written by John, uh, the d- beloved disciple. And what's significant about uh, him writing it is, remember, it was into his care and into his household that Jesus entrusted his mother Mary. You know, uh, upon the cross, Jesus said, "Woman, behold your son." And then, turning to the disciple, uh, "Son, behold your mother." So John was one of the first Marian theologians, if you want to, <laughs> because you know he he had um, direct contact with her. You know, sharing that time after uh, Christ died, rose, and ascended into heaven. You know, um, they would have had. Conversations about Mary's son, and John would have seen firsthand who Mary was, you know uh, and who Mary continues to be. And um we'll see that uh, through this this particular uh, verse in scripture that there's a lot of of uh, um, he, he holds Mary in high regard and depicts her as like a as a queen, a, a queen mother. Let's look specifically at at the writings a little bit. so the the first um, verse, you know, it's it's kind of chopped up. It skips a few verses uh, in between uh, various parts. But the first verse talks about how God's temple in heaven opened and the Ark of the Covenant could be seen in the temple. That's not just a random verse that was inserted in there. Uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant, um, as we'll talk more about later in the gospel, is uh, a type of Mary. And um, what was really significant about the Ark of the Covenant Is that it was considered God's presence on earth. Uh, It contained uh, the manna from heaven, you know, uh, which the Israelites regarded as bread from heaven, um, the bread of angels, right? Um, It was the... we we talked about that um, uh, a few weeks ago in our last podcast about how the manna will be a type of Eucharist. And so the Ark of the Covenant had this bread from heaven, it had the two tablets of the Ten Commandments, uh, the law, and then it also had the rod of Aaron. So all these things that were um, uh, sort of represent different aspects of God's providence, how God spoke to them, gave them a law, governed them uh, with authority and power, as represented by uh, Aaron's rod, and provided for them with, with bread, with food, right? And, uh, and uh, guided them through the desert. Um, all that is was contained in the Ark of the Covenant as a sign of of God's presence. The Ark of the Covenant is a type of Mary to come. We'll we'll, we'll get to that more in more detail later. Um, and then we see. Uh, so one thing that we should understand about the Book of Revelation is it's a very graphic in its details. And I'm not talking about graphic in the sense of like you know it's gratuitously violent or anything like that. I'm not saying that. What, what I'm saying is is it depicts and it describes visions uh, by John, uh, things that he sees. And so there's a lot of visual um, visual language in, in this particular gospel. And so he talks about uh, a woman clothed with the sun appeared in the sky with a moon under her feet and a, a, a crown of 12 stars. Uh, 12 will appear a lot in the book of Revelation uh, because of the 12 tribes of Israel and how the, the prophecy was that um, when God would establish His kingdom, uh, the twelve tribes of Israel Israel would be restored, and we know that at Pentecost, the twelve um, the twelve was there in the upper room, and the tongues of flame came in, uh, and uh, to rest upon them. As a, and so there's a there's a sense in which that kind of image is also brought back up. Like the um, so this woman represents Mary. But also represents the church. There's a lot. There's a lot going on here. John goes on to talk about how, you know, uh, this woman was with child and um, and was uh, wailing in pain as she labored to give birth. But this dragon came uh, came and was ready to devour this child. And so what what uh, John is is doing is is using these uh, this graphic language, simultaneously talking about. The story of Jesus's birth, but also the story of the church, but also the story of the soul, but also the story of Mary. You know, um, and, there's, and that's why uh, John, as a gospel writer, his symbol is the eagle because his theology is so high. There's he's he's looking at and bringing so much um, with every word that he that he writes, and in, in the big picture of things. This dragon represents the devil trying to destroy. Uh, what God is, God is about to do um, by, you know, sending His Son uh, uh, to the world, um, but also, you know, trying to destroy that little bit of grace that we have being nourished in inside of us that is ready to give birth in our actions, you know, and in our in our holiness. As we as we go through through the rest of the reading, um, it talks about how. Uh, this woman gives birth to a male child destined to rule all nations with an iron rod of course uh, that um, he's principally talking about jesus you know that jesus is this um is the anointed one that the very last words of this particular gospel the authority of his anointed one um, that christ is the child that the woman um, who is crowned with 12 stars Jesus is the the child of of promise, um, the child of God's promise. And um, that he's the Messiah, the anointed one that was going to come to reclaim the earth from the power of the devil, the power of the dragon. There's a lot to to unpack here. In respect to the the theme of today, of the assumption, um, we looked principally at the woman, you know, um, and how she is appearing in the sky clothed with the Sun with the moon under her feet you can kind of uh, see a depiction of the Our Lady of Guadalupe being painted in in these words what what John is uh, saying and what the church interprets John is saying is that Mary is that woman clothed in the Sun and she she now p- appears in heaven um, as the most as the most radiant of God's creatures and that She's the Queen of Heaven, crowned with twelve stars, as Queen of of Heaven and Earth. And um, I think that's one important takeaway for, from this reading. There's a lot here, but I'm, I'm just gonna kind of leave it at that.
1: <laughs> and it's it's amazing that so much is said about Mary because it's pretty obvious from from uh, how this how th- how these verses are written that we're talking specifically about mary but it's amazing that so much is said about her and yet there's this lack of you know reverence for her amongst other uh, other christian denominations which is interesting because you know one of the the books that i read written by scott hahn i believe it's called hail mary at the very beginning he talks about how if you understood how the jews had reverence for the ark of the covenant for the ark itself you would understand why catholics have so much reverence for the virgin mary you know like back in the day the law protected the ark if you touched it wrong if you messed with it wrong you know there was all kinds of punishments for disrespecting the ark you know there was there was rules. I don't know the details of the rules, but in the Jewish faith, in the Old Testament, the Ark was a very important part of of everyday Jewish culture. And so if Jesus came to fulfill, then it would only make sense that the Virgin Mary being the Ark for the covenant of Jesus Christ, would be revered with the same tenacity and that 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 itself right there is is the basic gist of why the church the catholic church you know reveres the virgin mary so much you know it, just to just to put it in a in a parallel situation with the old testament and the new testament so if, if you're not catholic and you're another christian denomination that is a huge part of why you know mary's such a big part of the catholic faith you know that right there we didn't make it up wasn't something that someone was like now we're gonna have you know this the you know the mother of jesus you know yeah that's a huge part of it but it's so much more than just her being the mother of jesus even though that that in itself is huge but just to help our christian brothers and sisters understand where we're coming from in the catholic church that's why she's such an important part of it um you know and and that's that's what stands out to me about about these verses it's you know and and i'm pretty sure most because i'm i'll i'm gonna put my hands up and admit that i am one of the biggest left behind book fan nerds out there you know you know I love the book series. I read every single one. I owned every single one. I knew it was, you know, fiction. You know, don't don't get it twisted. I wasn't buying into it like this is this is gospel. But I was just fascinated with the perspective of you know the Left Behind series. And with that said, I know that our Christian brothers and sisters listen to Revelation or have read Revelation or it's a big part of Of other christian denominations because you know it's it's believed to talk about you know being a prophecy for for the very end times but again if if you look at this verse and you see how much we're talking about this woman you know it, it doesn't explicitly say you know the virgin mary but it's pretty obvious who we're talking about here when you look at the context of everything You know, the dragon was chasing her. She ran, you know, ran off and had a baby. And I mean, come on, you know, there's who else? Who else are we talking about? If not Mary. Um, But yeah, like like Brother Jeremy said, there's so much. There's so much richness in this in this scripture. But if you take a moment to pick it apart. You really get a chance to understand you know, how important the Virgin Mary is in all of salvation history, you know, wasn't just simply the mother of Jesus. There's, there's a whole, a whole lot more than just that. And I hope that one day, you know, our, our brothers and sisters of other Christian denominations take a moment to understand, you know, why she is so important in the Catholic faith.
0: Absolutely y'all. And And I'm going to just take it to a whole nother perspective, um, which, again, is what I love about what we do, because Brother Jay broke down all of the different connections and Brother Celo's talking about the Old Testament connections. And I love what you said, Brother Jay, like here is this zoom out, right, this eagle's view. And when I think about how you were talking about, how, you know, John is, is talking about how it's not just a child, it's God, it's Mary, it's humanity, it's everything. And so first, a shout out to Blessed Mother for number one, just being the first disciple. Her yes was the game changer. Her yes changed the game in so many ways. So just the courage, The courage that she had to say yes, which we're all called to do. The first disciple carrying, you know, saying again, Hail Mary, full of grace. Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. So again, right, another reminder to us of how important her role is. So to overlook, disregard, whatever you may be with, and just not. Give the same time and attention to the Blessed Mother It's still beyond me, right? And again, I know everyone's going to have It's going to feel some type of way But I will say this When I think about the connections that Jay and CeeLo made I look at it as right now If the devil was trying to work on Jesus And the whole world and humanity back then And revelations, right? Key word, their root word, Reveal Well, let's look at our world today Nothing's changed The devil is still trying to work On taking out Jesus And everybody else And God And all the disciples Anybody that is about Jesus The devil is still working on And so I love that Here we are on this Solemnity of the Assumption To be reminded of our conviction of our yes, to be reminded of what it's going to take. Because, I, and again, I'm taking this on a whole nother level because, you know, I'm thinking about Jesus inside of the Blessed Mother. And I think about for us Catholics that receive the Eucharist and receiving the sacrament of the Eucharist where Jesus is inside of us, we're fair game. The devil's like, oh, okay, that's what you believe, huh? That's who, oh, the sac, you know, I just and I just feel like, yo, the battle has not ended and it hasn't gotten any less worse. It's getting, I mean, it hasn't gotten any better. It's getting worse, if anything. So for all of our listeners out there, take note of what Brother Jim, Br- Brother Carl talked about in terms of the connections this revelation made to everything that they... We're talking about in the Old Testament and now in the connections that it's making to, to the Blessed Mother and to Jesus. But also just look at it in today's context. Look at it in your life, in your daily life right now, and what you're dealing with and what your friends and your family are dealing with, what the world is dealing with, what our culture is dealing with. And the devil got his foot on the gas. All gas, no brakes. So this is even more time now, more than ever, that we get back into number one, into our prayer life with God in communion with our brothers and sisters. This is when we get back to the sacraments. This is when we look to our blessed mother for her at intercession and all the angels and saints, but especially the first disciple, the first yes. And so, again, even in this first reading, I'm like, this is reaffirming my yes. This is reaffirming my yes clap. Come on. Shout out to all the SBYG. You know what I'm saying? Basic. Brothers and sisters in Christ, can I get a yes clap wherever you are? You know, two stomps, two claps, throw your fists in the air and say yes. Because at the end of the day, it was that yes that changed the game for us. And I still believe with wholeheartedly with conviction that it's that same yes that's going to save us now. That same yes Where again you follow along in this first reading Where God prepares a safe place If he did it then He'll do it again And again And again And again But we have to say yes We have to say yes (sighs) My bad (laughs) y'all Getting me all fired up So any other thoughts on that, bro? Jay, bro, Celo, before we get to the responsorial.
2: Well, just uh, to piggyback on the on the idea or the image of of a war, you know, um, there's there's a sense in which that the the war is already won; it's just not over yet, and, and we see that in the very end of this of this reading. Now, have salvation and power come? And the kingdom of our God and the authority of His anointed one, you know. And um, so, the Jesus has already won. Now is the time where we determine who's on whose side, you
0: know. <laughs> and, uh, oh, ah, oh, oh. oh, look at that! Next level, big facts, y'all. What side you on? All right? No, no room for lukewarm.
2: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, that was actually. um, Saint Ignatius of Loyola, um, he once, in in his spiritual counsels of of, uh, of his uh, brothers, um, for those who were who were lukewarm, he encouraged them to imagine a battlefield, uh, one, um, uh, one side being God, uh, Mary and the saints and all the angels, and uh, on the other side. Um, uh the devil and his angels and we're in the middle and it, it's it's up to us to decide to pick a side you know and uh, and that's what this life is about well are you fighting um uh for God's for God's kingdom or for the devil's kingdom
0: come on y'all let's go let's go ah yeah, so so again, this podcast, if you're feeling some type of way and, you know, you're feeling challenged, just know that we we share these truths with you to help, number one, give you context. Like Brother CeeLo says time and time again that he his gratitude and his appreciation for as much context that we're bringing, but ultimately the context to give you the information that you need to make the best informed decision. And that's our prayer, is that using not just your heart and your feelings, but using intellect as well to help guide these choices that we're going to make that will get us to not just heaven, but even before that, just getting on to the side of the angels and the saints. So so thank you for, for breaking that down, bro. Um, so yeah, so our uh, responsorial psalm today, comes from uh psalm 45 10 through 12 and 16.
2: uh so this psalm is a about a davidic king we're not sure we don't think it um scholars don't think it was written by david himself but uh it was written about um the kings of israel uh from after david and um it's uh, it's a psalm about uh, the king marrying uh, the Princess of another uh, of another nation. and, and in particular, um, while it's not mentioned in this particular uh, these verses, uh, uh, the Princess of Tyre of Phoenicia, uh, so a Phoenician princess, um, which was a a, a neighboring um, country. Uh, during the time of Israel, uh, so one of the things that we should uh, we should understand um, is that, and this this practice actually still happens um, today, though it's more rare. But it really um, happened a lot in in uh, the medieval period, was uh, to establish and kind of formally make concrete good relations between kingdoms. You know, uh, kings would arrange for their uh, their children. To marry the royalty of, of another country, so that they can either unify the country, uh, the two countries, and to make uh, make one country, or to at least uh, bring about a, a, an alliance between those two those two kingdoms. And that's what we're seeing here: is that there's this um, a Phoenician princess is being brought before a Davidic king, uh, Davidic meaning uh, from the line of David, a king of Israel. That was uh, either the son or uh, grandson or great grandson of, of King David. What that would do is that would so this woman, uh, would, leave the the family line of, of, her father, and be joined or grafted on to the family, the family tree, of um, of her husband, uh, the prince who would uh, become king and um, she would officially be a member of that new that new kingdom and a member of this people and that would uh, bridge relations between these two kingdoms take that as a as as a symbol of what mary is doing mary uh, we often call mary the spouse of the holy spirit and the holy spirit is god right and and uh, mary is being in a sense grafted onto the family the divine family line. And by being brought into that, that kingdom, the kingdom of God, uh, she, as the pride of our race, brings, uh, there's a sense in which um, she helps to broker the relationship. Now, I'm not saying that Mary is, is the, uh, a co-mediatrix with, with, uh, with Jesus, Jesus is the one true mediator. But it is through Mary that we have Christ, right? And so there, she does play that really pivotal role in establishing that relationship uh, uh, between humanity and God. God has chosen Mary as the contact point, you know, as the, as the sure uh, point to build the bridge between uh, the kingdom of the world, uh, which previously was at war with God's kingdom uh but through christ um christ who brokers a peace between us and then um mary is the contact point that uh you know marrying into uh god's kingdom now is uh, um, she's sort of an agent of of that peace uh, that peacemaking. I don't know if that if that's making sense I I'm trying, kind of scram- scrambling for the right words for this but um but mary being the symbol of all of humanity uh, and the pride, again, I, I mentioned being the pride of our race, you know, the per, most perfect of all humanity, of mere humanity. Jesus is, was of course uh, perfect in his humanity, but he was also God. But Mary being mere creature, uh, uh, she is a symbol uh, uh, of us and what uh, we can be uh, if we allow our souls uh, to also be in union with god and there's a, uh, and we can also be those those peacemakers uh like mary uh who is the the archetype uh, of this and and so the psalm is is kind of reflecting on the role of this princess who makes who helps to bring about peace and um is a delight to the king and in this case we're talking about god who delights uh uh, God who made Mary to be this this perfect creature is of course uh, beautiful and brings brings God delight. Uh, we too should look at look upon Mary uh, as a queen that we delight in, uh, as a symbol of, of us and um, as a representative of, of us.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and I just want to again just to go off of what I was sharing in the first. Reading and just kind of like bringing this you know to where we are right now, and again, I always look at the response areas as like what's our response, and you know what came to mind, Jay is when you were sharing was you know we have to make a decision like this the story you shared about you know this this lady being grafted into another family, right, leaving her family to be into another family, I mean that's all too familiar, like when are we gonna leave behind? the things of this world for the things of heaven. When are we gonna leave behind the things of vice and get to virtue? When are we gonna leave behind the things that, you know, speak death and start speaking life? Like Amen. We gotta make a decision, y'all. And this responsorial is just beautifully written and I know Jay breaks it down on so many beautiful levels. I love it when you're just like it's like a beautiful mind out here, bro. If y'all look if y'all were just like can see us right now as we're recording this podcast. I love, you know, just the way Jay is just breaking and just piecing all this together. And and it makes it easier for even, you know, Brother Carlo and myself just to jump in and be like, yo, make a decision. We're God is you know, this is a reminder to us that we have to make a choice and the Blessed Mother on this solemnity, on this feast day, is showing us, has showed us, what it means to make that decision, but to make it wholeheartedly and to go all in. And you said earlier, Jay, because without her, there would be no Christ, which is why in confirmation class, at retreats, at conferences, I'm always you know, giving the visual that if... Jesus came God sent Jesus through Mary literally and bore him into the world then it makes sense right it makes sense for us to get to God through Mary if we think about just kind of God came through Mary I mean through through Mary as Jesus to us and as we want to make our way back to Jesus, then it makes sense that we go through Mary. So make a choice. Um, I just want to keep it that simple for for this piece of today's readings. Ask yourself, who do you choose? And just like the retreat, Bro Silo and I attended. Shout out to Papa Joe Lucero, Auntie Merlin. Choose Christ. Choose Christ 14 was a, was my retreat. So I choose Christ.
1: Bro, you did it again. Brother Jeremy did it again. He just enriched my understanding of, of again. I already knew, you know. I've already accepted that the Virgin Mary was a super important part, but you just enriched it even further. You know, it just made me understand more how, you know, Mary was from the human kingdom, and, you know, the Holy Spirit was was the king, and basically by mary being the one she brought all of humanity into the possibility of being part of the heavenly kingdom you know and jesus jesus being it you know made that happen you know and just beautiful i would have that that skipped my understanding but now you just further enriched it and enhanced you know the role that the Virgin Mary played in salvation history,
0: big time, y'all, big time, so so yeah, so and if you struggle with the the study of Mary, let's just just keep it that um Jay, what would you say for our listeners? who maybe want to enter into a deeper relationship with mary outside of i mean i'm not even outside of but in along with just even praying the rosary what would be um, a good starting point for someone who's like you know i know mary's important to the catholic church or to the you know to our faith but just not really sure why or i want to get to know more really you know outside of even what we read in the scriptures where would you say would be a good start
2: uh, well, I would say my, like my real start was really, um, the, the St. Louis Marie de Montfort, uh, consecration to Mary. I mean, sorry, yeah, consecration to Jesus through Mary. Yeah. And, um, you know, the way he talks about Mary, um, like he, he talks so highly of Mary, um, uh you know um I, I I stutter at even trying to um uh, in my speech of Mary pales in comparison to what Saint Louis Marie, Marie de Montfort uh, says about Mary uh but as as highly as he speaks of Mary, he still has that um even greater reverence for God and um and so I really trust um Saint, uh, Louis Marie de Montfort, who's a, a French, uh, um, he was a French priest who uh, wrote a lot about Mary. Um, but I, I, would, I would check out the, that de Montfortian um, consecration to Jesus through Mary. And uh, um, uh, I'll just uh, a personal note: uh, it was after uh louis marie de Moffert that i i we named our our daughter louisa marie
0: <laughs> beautiful uh, beautiful yeah, yeah and we'll be sure to put those uh links or at least some of the information in the show notes um, because a mary consecration is powerful i think one of the other ones right isn't it 33 days of morning glory is that one of mm-hmm. the other ones
2: yeah uh, that one's a little bit more accessible uh, the, if you want to if you're looking for a really substantial one that is kind of like a almost like a Spiritual boot camp uh, for uh, be- becoming a uh, sort of a slave of Mary, as, as the way that Dem- Louis Marie de Montfort puts it. Um, it's it's pretty intense because there's this. Uh, it's 33 days of preparation. Both of them are three, 33 days, but the de Montfortian one is a little bit more traditional, and um, you pray about 20 minutes of prayers, um, 20 minutes to half an hour of prayers each each night. For 33 days Yeah no I
0: heard that one was deep That's why I was like uh, Let me just throw out A couple other ones out there And if you're not even at Any of these consecrations Let's just start with The rosary If you can If not daily Just a few times a week Like build That spiritual endurance up Build that That prayer muscle up But again Taking time Finding literature From some good Again Knowledgeable um what is the word i'm using i'm looking for uh reputable sources to to deepen your relationship and understanding um with the blessed mother is uh is huge it's huge and again it's not worship it's not putting mary above god so for those of you who who thought that or heard that like let's just you know make that clear now but but yeah definitely again another reminder opportunity let's make a choice make the choice to spend some more time with with the blessed mother um there's a reason she has such a, a huge important role if you can't if you ain't got that by now almost an hour into the pod then i rewind go back to the beginning so yeah so there's just a lot here there's a lot here so so we're going to go ahead and just go ahead into our second reading today our second reading today comes from first corinthians chapter 15 verses 20 through 27
2: uh so we're we have another letter from paul this is the first letter to the corinthians we've been reading a lot from the second letter um to the corinthians um this one is is typically the more famous one, because it also has the, that, you know, the love is patient, love is kind um, little poem about love as the, the greatest of, of gifts and virtues. Um, But, um, this is a little bit after that part. And now Paul is addressing the people of Corinth and he's talking about, you know, the significance of Christ uh, and, um, and what, his uh his sacrifice means for for us as the church and um you know he calls christ uh well he says christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep the first fruits uh now if you if you recall from the old testament first fruits is uh is what you're supposed to give to god that's your your tithing in a sense you know when when, if you're a farmer uh, you give the first fruits to God, and then the rest is yours. You know, uh, uh, but those first fruits need to go to God. Uh, the first, and, and that was a bit that was a big thing in um, in the law of Moses. You know, the firstborn uh, calf or the firstborn donkey belonged to God, and it was supposed to be sacrificed to God. Uh, you know, the firstborn son um, is God's. You know, and uh, were to be consecrated. Um, and uh, it was in preparation so that we would understand, you know, Jesus as, in a sense, God's firstborn, <laughs> you know, um, uh, who, you know, who gives Jesus to us, you know, and, but, I mean, that's kind of aside from for right now. But anyway, um, so Christ is the first fruits of the earth. And what that means is um, uh, he will not be the last. He's the first fruits and so that there's more to come uh, but um, to use another image of Paul Christ is that first installment the first payment <laughs> you know uh, uh, before um, the rest will come later you know um, and so what what that means is uh, uh, Christ is paving the way for the rest of us to to uh, also um be resurrected from the dead and then he goes on to talk about how uh, just as in in adam all die he's talking about the consequences of original sin because adam and eve sinned against god death entered the world uh, but christ being uh the new adam now uh through christ all have life again um and he, here's the, the first fruits again he's talking about how christ the first fruits uh because Christ rose from the dead and we who are baptized into Christ will follow him through death into resurrection um and um and how uh because Christ is this anointed one the resurrected of the uh, from the dead and uh, and the um the one uh who is to be the king of uh God's kingdom uh Mary uh, there's a, there's a, a bit of in between the lines reading that the church does with this particular reading is it, if Adam uh, oh sorry if Christ is the new Adam then that means Mary is also the new Eve um Eve is the uh, her name Eve comes from uh the Hebrew which means the mother of all the living uh, and and so, uh, because Christ has done all this, um, Mary, uh, we kind of regard the the church regards Mary as kind of the second fruits, <laughs> you know, because uh, she is so close to Mary, uh, she's so close to Christ um, that it's a it's a natural um, uh, it's a natural. Uh, progression to say that Mary was also taken up into heaven, uh, uh, to follow closely with her son, who was who uh, went to heaven under his own power, and um, in the ascension. Uh, so, just to make that quick distinction, you know, Mary was assumed into heaven; uh, he w- she was brought into heaven by God, whereas Christ ascended into heaven, meaning he went under his own power as um, uh, as man, but also God. Um, uh, but uh, what Paul is doing here, he's, he's, he's giving a sort of a rundown, a synopsis of salvation history in these few verses, talking about how because in Adam all died, but Christ now will, uh, who will govern the new kingdom of God uh, will uh, conquer the whole world and destroy death and it talks about how in the last verses the last enemy to be destroyed is death for he subjected everything under his feet um and so if christ is king and uh, i believe scott hahn talks about this and and um uh, i forget which book but um uh it was natural for for kings um to have their mother as queen because a king might have several wives. And so if if he has several wives, which one would be queen? So it would, it would be natural to, but you only have one mother. <laughs> and that was kind of the, the argument to say that um, uh, with Christ as a uh, king, it's natural to think that Mary would also be queen.
0: I guess for me, when I'm when I'm just looking at this second reading, And like you were saying, you know, I loved how, you know, it was at the end, the last enemy to be destroyed is death for he subjected everything under his feet. And I loved how we were talking about Jesus being the new Adam and, you know, Mary being the new Eve, which we hear a lot. And as we're just thinking about this story of salvation, now we're moving forward into the end game. So, here we are right and again I'm just the way I piece this in my in in my way of thinking right in the first the first reading we were just talking about you know the devil and his antics then and now and here we are in the responsorial time to make a choice and here we are in the second reading where it is if we make the choice and choose Christ and if we make the choice like Mary made then here is the end game. Here is where we will be in heaven. Here is the results of the sacrifices and the choices that we make. And I feel like that's where a lot of our gap is right now in our in our culture and today, 2021, right? There's this, I mean, we have hear all the time, you only live once, YOLO, all the mindsets of folks who are living just for the moments or just for the short term. And I feel like, this is the same battle that we were talking about even in this first reading, the same struggle that we have with how we live our life. And in this, this, this letter to, you know, to Corinth from St. Paul, like, he's like, look y'all, like here is, let me break it down for you. Cause he's going again from the old Testament to, to current day. And just for those of you who, who know Paul or who, You know, one of my favorites, my favorite sayings for many different reasons, you know, he always spoke from a place of being like in prison and he found more joy when he was in prison, even decided to go back to where he was imprisoned because he knew that he didn't want the easy way out. And when I think about that easy way out, Mary didn't want the easy way out and look at where both of their lives went. And look at the examples they both left. All right, I got to bring Saint Paul into this because again, this is his letter. And just thinking about how the suffering, the sacrifices that have been made, I always like look at that, and I compare my own life. I'm like, man, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I'm I'm too comfortable, right? I look at my life compared to. The lives of not just the saints but of the just even looking at the life of Mary like wow like man I'm I'm out here tripping off some small stuff I need to start like stepping up and it's not in a comparison mindset either but just in a I know that if I continue to follow Christ it's not going to get easy I know that being Catholic in today's world and today's time is uncomfortable and unpopular at times. I know that following Christ isn't meant to be easy. Carrying that cross isn't meant to be easy. But again, Mary was one of the greatest examples of how to do that. I mean, just the fact that she was pregnant without even having relations. Imagine just the, the struggle of that, not for her per se, but of just like the claim of that and how that, you know, how that potentially could have affected her or maybe, you know, again, there's no writings on it. And maybe there were times where she was like, um, thinking about that, that kind of social impact, but she still said, yes, she still said, I mean, again, there's writings on, on her response and how could this be right? Like, but I'm just saying like, even outside of that, after that moment, I'm pretty sure there were some times where she was getting that stank eye. Right. There were times where she was being judged and maybe even made fun of. And of course, you know, Joseph was ready to like leave that situation. He was ready to do it respectfully and and leave because he just didn't see how it was gonna work out. Right. So again, hence the holy family. So I just feel like there's just so much how so much here in how we're being called to make these bold decisions living the life counterculturally opposite of what is comfortable for us for the salvation now it's going to look different for everyone but i think it's just another reminder that not only you know did the saints do it prior to us but all the way back to the very first the blessed mother so
2: I, I just wanted to say one thing about um, uh, there's a, a verse in, in the second reading where it talks about, um, you know, when Christ has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. It reminds me of a, a um, if I can just uh, comment on a, a, a spiritual reading of, the, of this. Um, there's a song called "Once and for All" by Lauren Daigle, or Di- I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. Daigle, Daigle, <laughs> Daigle. Daigle. Okay, yeah. Daigle. Um, and uh, in the um, in the chorus, uh, uh, it goes, "Be lifted high as my kingdoms fall, once and for all, once and for all." Um, and 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 the song is a you know is about that that line of saying as my kingdoms fall you know all, a lot of our podcast has been about you know giving god permission you know and um uh but there's that that part of us that just wants to cling uh to whatever little power we think we have you know uh, uh over our lives and uh, and um to that influence that we um we think we have in the world you know um uh, but that's precisely uh, part of the the sovereignty that needs to be destroyed uh so that christ can truly reign in us you know so that the kingdom of god can be, truly be established in us and and it's hard you know one of the things that um may you know we were listening to it in the car one day and uh, and she looked at me and um she looked at me and said it's hard when my kingdoms fall, <laughs> because it, it it's it's uh it is there is a lot of letting go. You know, there's a lot of you know, like um, um, you know, um, if if you're you're um, it's a real test of faith to to let God steer. You know, <laughs> to to let go of the steering wheel when you're 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 when you're at the driver's seat. You know. <laughs> Um, um, but that, that, uh, that was just one thing that came to mind when when I was reading this, kind of an, an aside uh, for that spiritual um, understanding that one of the things that God is waiting for is for us to to let go of, of our own um, sovereignty over our lives and to give it to God, to give it to Christ, and let Christ be truly be our King.
0: Mm, mm, mm. come on y'all this is well needed definitely well needed very
1: very hard i gotta piggyback off of what brother jeremy said um you know so hard that i believe it takes practice you know letting go it's not something that one day you just go oh i'm i'm gonna let god steer you know (laughs) i think each and every one of us has had an experience where we purposely had to tell ourselves, okay, just, just let it go. Just let it be, you know, let them steer. Just trust, just trust right now. Cause I know there's been times where I'm like, I got to do something and you realize there's nothing you can do and you want to do something. And after some hard praying and some frustration and maybe even trying and nothing works, you just go, I just got to let it go, you know? So letting those kingdoms fall for all of our listeners, oh, man, one of the most difficult things you can do. And and you can practice towards towards working that way Um I was talking to my sister the other day and we were talking about how I'm always willing to talk to people who don't agree with me, who don't agree with what I believe in. You know, specifically in this case, we we're talking about people that don't believe in vaccines. And she was asking me, she's like, why do you waste your time talking to people that you know you can't convince, that you can't change their mind. And I thought about it before, but I'd never really put it into words. But what I explained to her was that there's a type of person that I'm trying to be, which very much falls in line with the idea of letting kingdoms fall. And what I told my sister was that I want to be the type of person that doesn't react emotionally when someone disagrees with me when i find out that what i believe is wrong then i need to be open and willing to accept the truth wherever it leads me and i told her that i do this not because you know of any academic grade or or assignment but it's just for me my method of being or allowing my ego to let go or letting go of my ego, you know, and that's, that's one of the ways I practice, but, you know, letting your kingdom fall, it's something you need to to work towards, It's something that you need to take a chance on, take that, that blind leap of faith, you know, that first step on the raging ocean when Jesus is calling you out and you're like, what, what, <laughs> you know? I'm not you. I can't do what you do. And he's like calling you to him. You got to let that kingdom fall. And you, you just got to. But again, it's not easy. And, I, and I'm and i saying this because I think all three of us can agree and testify that it is not easy at all. And it's something you just need to work towards. Yeah. That, um, that battle that we've been talking about. Uh,
2: Deacon Errol had a great way of talking about it. And I I still remember it word for word just because it it just struck me in a a way that, you know, just stuck with me. But um, he just, you know, that battle we talk about, the struggle against heaven and earth, uh, the the struggle between, you know, heaven and hell, right? Um, But he said, and the the battle line for that struggle the battle line for that war being waged is drawn right down the middle of our heart that's where the the um that's where the battle is fought and that's um why it's it's just a struggle just you know at times just to do the right thing at any, any given moment uh, to do it consistently and um yeah and and uh brother carl you you're, you're right on the head you can do it little at a time god has all the time in the world <laughs> but um as long as you're you're keeping up the fight uh you'll win you know because uh christ has already won the battle
0: yeah i'm still stuck on that <laughs> i'm still stuck on that idea you know that we already won it's just you got to just choose the side you want to be on when when everything is said and done so and that's where that constant, you know, push-pull, that's where that constant tug of war is. So, so just like we've been sharing, brothers and sisters listening to the podcast right now, just just know we are in that struggle with you. Um, and like Brother Seela would always say, your relationship with God must be...
1: Constantly developed.
0: Constantly developed. So that's daily development every day. That's daily prayer that's getting to the sacraments as much as you possibly can you know once a week is obviously you know obligation but if you have the opportunity for more if you can get to adoration like daily disciplines make a huge difference in not just your spiritual life but when your spiritual life starts to form and mature you'll see how that permeates through your physical your emotional life your relationships Um, Your behaviors Just so many different things But the moment we like Lose focus on Christ The moment we lose that daily discipline The moment we you know Stop that momentum Is when it gets dangerous So and with that With that we're gonna go into our Gospel reading for today Gospel reading coming from The book of Luke Chapter 1 Verses 39 through 56 Again The book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 39
2: through 56. Uh, So this gospel reading uh, is actually where we get the second joyful mystery uh, of the rosary. It's called called the visitation. And we call it the visitation because Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth. And this is a hugely important gospel uh, for Learning about who Mary is. Um, of, of course, you know um, Mary is not as uh, mentioned as much as Jesus, of course, because the Gospels are about Jesus. But uh, you know, we were talking earlier about you know what are some first steps to getting to know Mary a little more deeply and to developing that relationship. One of the ways to do that is to look at the infancy narratives and how. Mary is treated in in the gospels. Um, and so um, what we see right before this is um, you know Mary is is uh, visited by the angel Gabriel and um, and announces to her this is the first joyful mystery, uh, the Annunciation uh, announces to her that she will um, uh, bear in birth a son, uh, Jesus. Um, who is the Son of God, and um, and we get uh, in that first um, in that first joyful mystery, we get the first part of the Hail Mary. Here we're going to get the second part of it, or, or yeah, the second, um, the second of the first part, the, the part that we get from Scripture. This is the second part of it, um, and so Mary comes to Elizabeth, and uh, also through the Annunciation, Mary learns that Elizabeth. Uh, who was barren up until at this point uh Mary learns that Elizabeth is now uh pregnant with a boy and um being her cousin he would have uh, she would have known that Elizabeth has been trying for a long time Elizabeth is old by this point uh, her and Zechariah uh, Elizabeth's uh, husband and um you know there, there's a whole story in that read the whole first chapter it's 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 kind of it's it's fun <laughs> anyway um uh, so Mary learns from the angel Gabriel that Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And um, uh, when Elizabeth hears Mary, it uh, says that the infant leaped into her womb. Uh, and so there's supposed to be a little bit of an allusion to uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And there's a story uh, in, I believe it's Second Samuel. Uh, yeah, no, 1 Samuel chapter 2, where David is is joyfully bringing the Ark of the Covenant uh, to the city of David, Jerusalem. There's a lot of fanfare. There's a lot of joyful noise and celebration. And uh, David even uh, demeans himself by dancing with abandon, as, as Scripture uh, kind of uh, using the language of Scripture. He dances with abandon, uh, abandonment. You know, he's just kind of going crazy, wilding out. right? <laughs> um, and so he's uh, he's dancing like this um, uh, and uh, leaping because of, of how much joy he feels uh, that the Ark of God is coming to, Jerus- to Jerusalem. And so um, there's that um, connection again, how Mary is the new Ark of the Covenant uh, because of who is now in, Mar- in Mary's womb. Uh, who is the you know um, the new the presence of God in fleshed right anyway uh, so John the Baptist leaps in Elizabeth's womb and then Elizabeth says that familiar phrase blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb um, of course the fruit of her womb being um, being Jesus uh, but she goes on how does and how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me um. Notice that um, she she does reference Jesus, but um, she's uh, very reverent toward Mary. Uh, how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Notice the, the the very reverential language being used here. Now, keep in mind, Elizabeth is a lot older than Mary. Mary is a young girl; <laughs> she's a teenager, um, and yet. Uh, yeah, Elizabeth is is speaking uh, to her as if she's speaking to her queen, right? Um, and you'll see the similar language with uh, the angel Gabriel, um, which happens before this. When Gabriel uh, greets Mary, uh, what does he say? He says, "Hail, full of grace." Hail is like a a greeting for royalty. And hail means like um, uh, wellness or long live the the um, long live the queen, you know. Hail, and then calls her um, full of grace. You know, um, perfect in grace is another way of translating that. So Elizabeth receives Mary, and then uh, Mary gives uh, the fam- famous, famous Magnificat. And it's called Magnificat because uh, uh, um, it means um, proclaiming the greatness. And and so uh, Mary says of herself, "My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior." mary is recognizing that you know she did is not responsible for her greatness it's something that god has given to her that god has done in her and so there's a kind of humble brag but but there's no pride in this at all because she recognizes that you know she she didn't choose this for herself god made her this way she could choose to not act in accord with with how great god has made her but she's recognizing how great uh Uh, how greatly God has made her because of how perfect she is, how full of grace she is. Uh, She recognizes that her soul um, brings glory to God, uh, proclaims God's greatness. Um, And then uh, goes on with the rest of the, the, uh, the famous Magnificat. And and, um, uh, this is the gospel canticle that the church prays officially in, in the Vespers every evening. Uh, without fail, uh, every every day the church, um, who, whoever prays the um, evening prayer, will pray uh, this gospel canticle called the the Magnificat, um, and it, it it's such an important kind of ejaculation of praise. It's talking about how God is now through Mary uh, conceiving Jesus, uh, and how God's Son incarnate in her womb is fulfilling all the promises that God has made um, uh, prior to this moment. And she references it. And so th- this is, uh, in a sense, praising God for creating this moment and uh, and being present to it in the form of Jesus in her womb. And so you'll see how this this, uh, this little poem really does summarize salvation history. Uh, from this day, all generations will call Mary blessed, um, and that God has done great things, uh, for her and holy is, is God's name. And, um, but, uh, from here, oh, from there, he, she, she talks about how, uh, God is having mercy upon his people, is showing now his strength. He's scattering the proud. He's, uh, casting down the mighty, and he's lifting up the lowly. He's filling the hungry, and he's uh, sending the rich away empty. And he's uh, come to the help of, of his servant Israel. And here's, here's the real kind of summation. For he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. So this is going all the way back to Abraham, uh, the the fa- our, in a sense, father in faith, and one of the original patriarchs. And Mary is cognizant of her role in this, that uh, all of this is coming to a climax in in her, literally, <laughs> through Jesus. From there, we know that um, uh, the gospel ends. Mary remained there about three months until, you know, uh, Elizabeth gives birth, and then she returned home uh, to begin the story with Jesus. <laughs> so um, it's a, a little bit of a longer gospel, but a lot of it, it's all very important and uh, very important to us uh, that we... Um, keep all this in mind, especially on this feast of the Assumption.
1: One aspect of this, uh, this, this reading, this—I'll refer more to it as a this mystery of the Rosary—that um, I always like to meditate on is the idea that by the mere presence. Of of Mary and Jesus being there, the people around them could feel it. You know. And one of the things that I always prayed for, and this is, you know, this is sharing like one of my personal meditations, is just the idea of being able to sense when Jesus is present. And when I say sense, I mean in the in the in the way that you can kind of be the Jesus to people around you, you know, by being his hands and his feet and his eyes and his, his voice and being his instrument that if you present yourself in that way, by being an instrument of Christ, that you could have that same effect on those people around you. And I think we've talked about it in the past. Like there's a certain way, there's a certain swag that true servants of christ seem to have you know the way you talk the way you proclaim and you don't even have to talk about faith or religion just the way you are as a person and each time i meditate on this mystery i'm thinking like man i could you know i hope i can be like that you know i could be an instrument for you like that where my presence brings forth his presence so much so that people can sense it you know when you're around um and it's just something that that i hope to strive for that i try to strive for in in my daily interactions with with other people a little a little off topic i know it's but but it just you know thinking about how i meditate on this mystery and how her own cousin's like dude what's up we're you know, I I feel something coming from you, you know, (laughs) like it was revealed to her simply by her showing up. And I think that's what we're called to do, you know, to be the true presence of Christ to those around us. So much so that when we're there, people can feel a difference.
0: Hey man, bro, see and 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 I just want to just share this idea, you know, or not share this idea, but the thought that I had when Brother Jay was sharing was this. You know, Mary being the new Ark, right, carrying the bread from heaven, the Mana, and and again, we're thinking about without Mary's yes, and it being the game changer. I think about how. Her being the new ark and her being the new Eve and thinking about Jesus being the full revelation of God and the calling that we all have to continue to be that new, the newness of whatever the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives there's newness i'm just like this theme of newness this feeling of just being renewed is what is speaking to me when i read this gospel when i hear you brother silo brother jay talk about you know breaking it down word by word i just think about here we are the blessed mother her yes changing the game bringing god you know the man god into the world bringing you know god's full revelation to the world and the story behind it and the fact that like brother silo was saying like you know just you could have jesus in you so good and so much that people can just sense it and do we live in that way do we live in that manner are we still stuck in between are we still lukewarm are we still not sure have are we still saying yes and no and and yes we're we're talking about letting god steer and and practicing or you know Little by little and just, you know, because it's not easy. It's not overnight. But really just thinking about being renewed is really what's on my heart. And as I'm just like praying this scripture here, as I'm thinking about our listeners, because we're here to just serve with this information, with this perspective that we bring. How are we renewing our faith? daily? How are we renewing our relationship with God? And, and on this assumption of the blessed, the blessed mother, start there, start there, start with our blessed mother. And, and, you know, commandment number four, honor thy mother and father. And one of the things I always used to always talk about was we are taught that because when we can honor our earthly mothers and fathers, then it's going to be even that much more powerful to honor our heavenly father and then we think about well heavenly mother who was that and and I think about again not in the context of like god is married to to the blessed mother but honor that mother and father isn't just it's for both it's for learning how and not even in developing that honor and that respect for the blessed mother so that it's not just for just our heavenly father but it's also for our blessed mother so i would really encourage all of our listeners to start there thinking about how do we honor our own earthly mothers and fathers which isn't easy because i know the dynamics of different families and myself included You know, I I struggle, I struggle, but if we really wanted to get to even, you know, a more like practical everyday practice of how we can be closer to the Blessed Mother, well, how can we be closer or how can we build relationship with our earthly mother? If, you know, again, if if your earthly mother is still here, I mean, again, there's so many different dynamics around that, but I just really look at this idea of being renewed, What does that look like in your life, having that sense of joy within you, as John was in Elizabeth, and I love how Brother Jay pointed out, Elizabeth was the elder, and yet here she was, paying respects to Mary, because there was just something about her, right? Like, I'm just going to, you know, keep it at that, there's just something special about her, and that's in each and every one of us, especially If we participate in the Eucharist, especially if we participate in the sacraments, there's something special about each and every one of us. And I believe that when we do answer that call wholeheartedly, and when we do strive for that relationship with God in that way, when we do follow the example of our Blessed Mother, people will see it in each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. And it's gonna take time, it's gonna take work. A.K.A. hence the whetstone, right? Where it's going to take each other, the community, all of us, the the whole body to lift each other up to get us through. This isn't, you know, saying that I heard a while ago. If you want to go far or if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that's what our intention is here for all of us to go far. and To go together yeah yeah y'all definitely um a lot here and we thank you again for just taking the time to be with us today as we are just getting our momentum back as we are preparing for again this these new transitions um and, and and as always before we end our podcast we're gonna shoot it over to uh brother jay to kick off some final thoughts some final thoughts to end the solemnity of the assumption of our blessed mother
2: uh, yeah, I'm still thinking about that question of you know like how you know how does one draw closer to Mary and uh, you know kind of open up the gates uh, to let Mary in um, and to have that you know that relationship and you know um, and, and the, the church is always careful to to frame. Um, our relationship with Mary by saying, you know, you know, she's not God and we don't worship her, you know, and, uh, and that should be clear, but that, um, that shouldn't really, that shouldn't place limits on just how much we love her. And and um, I once heard it framed this way, um, uh, you know, we are Christian and we do all the things that Christ did. And one of the things that Christ did more so than anyone else that we can never uh, top is to love his mother you know if christ loved his mother we should love his mother um and uh you know and, and i mentioned john the the beloved disciple and how christ entrusted mary um to uh to john the beloved disciple upon the cross uh, but he's he's all, he also entrusted Mary, with us (laughs) um because he first turns to mary and says uh woman behold your son and um and the way that john wrote his gospel we're supposed to sort of see ourselves as a beloved disciple you know we're the disciple that will lay our head on on christ's chest to ask him you know what what does he mean that he's going to die soon you know and um uh, that we follow him into the garden. We follow him onto Mount Tabor uh, in the transfiguration. We we follow Christ uh, to the cross. Um, and we take Mary into our home. That's what we're supposed to do you know, uh, as disciples of Christ. Um, if we say we love Christ above all else, then we should have no problem loving Mary uh, as Christ loved her, you know, and he, as he commands us to. <laughs> and that's, I, I, you know, uh, you can't get around scripture. You know, uh, Christ commanded his disciple to uh, to see his mother. And, uh, and it says that uh, John took uh, Mary into his home. And that's what we're, in a sense, supposed to do. Because, you know, and, and it kind of goes back to that, Idea of kingdoms fall, right? Um, uh, we need to make space, um, not just for for God, but for the the um, in love for the whole communion of saints, for all of heaven, especially Mary, who is Queen of Heaven, and um and we need to take that time to take Mary into our home, um, uh, that inner part of us. Uh, to help us to love her son you know because who better to teach us about how to love her son than the one who saw all the mysteries <laughs> who's who, who's you know who guides us with every rosary you know because um throughout scripture um uh, mary is always pointing to christ and that's um what the rosary is about we're um yeah we're praying t- to Mary, when we pray the Rosary, Hail Mary, full of grace, but all the while we're supposed to be meditating upon the life of Christ, uh, which is which is um, uh, brought to us through Mary, you know. And so, um, I think one place to, to start is, you know, if if you really love Jesus, um, then um, you need to love Mary as well. <laughs>
0: Amen, amen. But the CeeLo, final thoughts, final thoughts.
1: Um, I think when I became a father was when I started to truly get a snippet or a sense of Mary's journey, um... You know, when you become a parent, it's it's different. You know, um, when you're growing up, you're just thinking about what you got to do. You know, even if you have siblings, like, yeah, you're taught to take care of them. But for the most part, you're thinking about taking care of yourself. You know, how you're going to do what you're supposed to do. And then when you become a parent, there's this whole nother being That relies on you. That has a piece of your heart. That, you know, it's almost and and I. This is this is funny. Till this day, I have a visceral reaction when I see one of my sons about to get hurt. Like, I, you know, my best description is a pucker factor, I guess. (laughs) But I could literally feel it you know, in my stomach when I see my kid about to fall, when I see my kid about to do something that's dangerous. You know, I get that sense that I'm like running towards them, trying to stop them from doing whatever they're about to do. But I just feel it. And the reason why I believe that's important to note is I remember watching a scene in The Passion of the Christ where when Jesus falls carrying the cross there's a scene and you know very artistic portrayal by the by the director of the movie but it shows Mary having a flashback of when Jesus was a kid and running to him when he fell and i just thought about that visceral feeling i get when my son Or one of my sons is about to do something where they're going to get hurt. And I can only imagine the amount of courage it would take to know everything that you know about your son and to allow everything to happen because you understand that that's part of the journey that your son is supposed to take. And in that moment, I felt that snippet of, man, to be Jesus' mother, you have to be something special. You got to be extra, you know? Because I could imagine myself busting my son out of, you know, carrying that cross and hopping on a horse and let's go, dude. (laughs) Like, let's get out of here. I'm going to protect you, you know, with all that I can. And so it's in that empathy that i started to understand and want to walk and kind of understand mary's journey and that's kind of what you know brought my respect and my reverence for the virgin mother to a whole nother level you know and again i didn't understand how difficult that must have been You know, to be there when your son's getting scourged, when he's getting beat, when he's getting, you know, kicked and and spat on while he's carrying the cross and to finally see him crucified. I mean, man, like the amount of grace she had to have to endure all of that, I, because I know I couldn't do it you know and so with that that's where my journey began to truly try and understand and really trying to you know meditate you know on the mysteries of the rosary which is what brought me closer because there's a prayer at the end of the rosary to imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise you know that that's always caught you know my attention when we pray that part and i think it's the sense of there's so much to these stories to these mysteries that you can pull so much from if you give it time if you give it if you give your, yourself the chance to kind of gnaw on the journey that Mary went through the journey that Jesus went through you could pull so much out of it and and I feel like that's 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 one of the ways that has that has brought me to a stronger reverence of our of our mother
0: Thank you brother CeeLo and Brother Jeremy And uh, my, my final thoughts are real simple tonight Sorry, i said say that one more time Thank you Brother CeeLo and Brother Jeremy uh, And my final thought is just going to be re- real simple like, Just make a decision I feel like t- throughout these readings We looked at what the decision that was made Through our blessed mother And look at what it led to Was it a perfect journey? No Did it have its challenges and hardships? Absolutely But with her faith With her yes God provided All the support That she needed To be born to this world And I always feel like it's the same with us in the sense that God will provide for us what we need if we continue to say yes faithfully, to continue to walk in the direction that he calls us to walk in, and then we bear Christ into the world through our actions. And I always look at that similarity. We're not bearing a child through us physically, or not not Jesus physically, but we are still bringing Jesus to the world. And what other way to do that but to follow the model that was set before us through our Blessed Mother. So, that would be it for me. Just evaluate your yes. Evaluate your walk. Evaluate where you are when it comes to being the disciple that you're called to be, are you lukewarm? Are you not? Do you have daily disciplines? Are you really, is your prayer life where it needs to be to even be able to hear God in that way? Are you doing less talking or more talking? Like, really just take that time. And and again, your devotions, and like Brother Carlo was saying, just spending time in the rosary, and Brother Jay was saying as well, if you have it in you to like, Work your way up to a concentration, that would be amazing. That would be amazing, but just start small. Start small. One of my biggest beliefs, I'd rather you have a small dream and a big grind than a big dream and a small grind. In the sense that if you had a small dream and a big grind, you would knock that out and get to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, and you're completing everything. And I feel like that's what we're called to do is to be perfect in the Hebrew sense, to be complete. And we are gonna be incomplete if our relationship, and I love what you said, Brother Jay. She's our blessed mother is not God, but there's no limit to how much we can love her. There's no limit to how much we can spend time with her and pray. And, I, and you had mentioned something about John bringing the Blessed Mother into her home. I, you know, the, the thought of what came to my mind was thinking about how if anything was to ever happen to, like, one of our homies or even, you know, sisters, right, brothers or sisters. And we've had this situation in all of us where someone lost, like, a loved one. And we would see our aunts or uncles, but just using this example, we would see our aunties going through it. And we would just be there. And I just imagined how we were there to embrace you know, some women in our lives, some aunts, um, people we looked up to. I'm thinking like, what, what if we did the same thing and embrace the Blessed Mother like that? What could our lives look like? Whew. so yeah y'all we just uh, again we want to thank y'all for for taking the time to rock with us we know that uh it's been it's been a while two weeks so we are again gaining our momentum back but on this on this assumption on this this feast day of our blessed mother on her assumption let's let's just really take the time the final thoughts take your time with this podcast use those timestamps take notes and we will You know, as always, continue to pray for us because we will always be praying for you.
1: Amen, amen. Sayonara, y'all.